You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Get my best podcasting voice on here before we get started. And welcome, listeners, to Geekiest Show Ever, episode 153. And for any of those keeping count, this is the 100th episode of, I believe Mark termed it, the reimagining of Geekiest Show Ever. So, Mark and I, and Mike, now another uh, the other co-host, uh, took over the show at episode 53. So we've been doing, so this is actually our 100th show that we've done, so uh, quite, a little, quite a little accomplishment. That's ostentatious. We need, I don't know, cake. Uh, I have cake. I had oh. it for dinner. It was delicious. Oh. It doesn't do me any good. <laughs> shove it through that microphone. Uh, shove what where? <laughs> well, let's not go there. Yeah, let's not go there. So, and that other voice that you hear is is Mr. Mike McPeak. He's back with us again this week. Uh, Mark uh, has been promising to be on the show, but he's still coughing and sick, and he's had the flu. Uh, but I think he's faking part of it. I'm not really sure it's completely him. I think he's just doing it for sympathy. <laughs> well, you got to milk those things sometimes, so... Yeah, that's true, and I think he—I think he's squeezing it dry. He's—he's he's trying to rinse it old cow dry. So, how have you been this past week, Mike? Oh, not too bad. Um, uh, well, we're getting things done at school. I was getting high on paint today, so we had a uh, hallway by our janitor's room that uh, oh, they hadn't—it was looking like crap. So we got garage paint and put down there. And uh, I'm anxious to see what this looks like because it's—you uh, put it down. It's a um, epoxy paint. Uh, but then it's got these paint flecks that you throw in there as you put the paint down. Uh, and I'm hoping, because this is a hallway that gets used a lot, and I'm hoping that it'll kind of make our life easier just by hiding um, uh, dirt buildup on there. So I'm anxious to see what that does. And then they redid the gym floor today. So there's a lot of uh, uh, chemical smell in the air. So if I'm a little loopy, that's my excuse for now. I'll have to think of another one later. Yeah, I was going to say, that, that only works for this present. You know, talking about gym floors, did you see what happened out at UCLA last few days? I don't remember exactly. No, I haven't. There was a big, and this is because it strikes the business I'm in. For those that don't know, my daytime job, the one that pays the bills, I work for a local water and wastewater utility company. Uh, but there was a big water main break out somewhere near UCLA. There's a video of it on uh, weather.com is where I saw it. And it ended up flooding the gym for UCLA. And there's some pictures of people sweeping like three, four inches of water off the hardwood floor. Yeah, see, we had something, well, not we, but in uh, South Dakota, we had something like that happen down in Harrisburg where our old superintendent went. And they had water. I don't know what the deal is. I think it's groundwater. It came up through the floor. And it's happened twice now. It was a, like a brand new wood floor. So they're going to have to rip that all out and replace that floor. So, uh, and wood floors can be oh so much fun. Yeah, I mean, I love. We have hardwood floors in the upstairs portion of the house, and I dearly love them. Um, and it was, I'm glad we did it when we built the house, but I know what you mean. Yeah, and I don't like hardwood floor. Give me carpet um, because in the winter time those floors are cold, especially when you get out of bed. I don't need to be woke up that suddenly. I could have a heart attack and die here. <laughs> We, yeah, it's funny you bring that up. I remember, uh, although I don't have hardwood floors in the bedrooms, we have carpet in the bedrooms. It's just out in the kitchen and the dining room and the uh, living room upstairs is where I have it. But when I was a kid, my bedroom was down in the 
basement, but the, that part of the basement wasn't completely buried. It was only like half in the ground. And I had a tile floor. And let me tell you something. You roll out of bed, even here in Virginia, it gets cold. You roll out of bed, and as much as I, I don't mind the cold, that was my little alarm clock. I'd roll out of bed, my feet would hit that cold tile floor on a January morning. And, hey, okay, time to go. No, I'm not one of these people that uh, jump out of bed and attack the morning. I like to crawl out and sneak up on it, so none of the sudden start stuff. Well, I don't, I don't attack the morning. I just kind of, it's, it's okay till I walk in and happen to glance in the bathroom mirror. And it scares the crap out of me until I realize it's me, and then I, then I move on. <laughs> oh yeah, I, uh, I'm not too bad, but yeah, there's times I kind of look, ah, yeah, too early for this. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, being scared, I had an interesting adventure today driving. Oh, that's uh, always scary. Yeah. Well, I, listeners know I live in uh, Northern Virginia, or I, I don't live in Northern Virginia, I live in Virginia, but I commute down into the Northern Virginia, greater D.C. metropolitan area. And I was out running an errand today, and I went to apply the brakes in my truck, and the truck started to slow down, and all of a sudden my brake pedal went all the way to the floor. Now the truck was still slowing down, but the brake pedal was all the way to the floor, and I'm holding it there in the truck's Still slowing down, not stopping, but slowing down. I'm going, oh, this can't be good. And uh, come to find out, it appears that I had broken a brake line. In uh, it's got a, or a, a good leak in it anyway. You sure it's broken, or somebody just doesn't like you? Uh, could be either. Okay. It could. It could be. A, the real adventure was driving home from work because it's heavy traffic. <laughs> And uh, I actually left work just a wee bit early so I could avoid some of the really heavy, heavy traffic. And I just kept like six or eight car lengths in front of me. And that worked pretty good most of the way home so I didn't have to suddenly stop. I could roll up slowly. It's not, I drove, only drove like 55 miles an hour the whole way home, which is the posted <laughs> speed limit. But and I, Oh, what a concept. Yeah, I know. The real treat was when I crossed over the mountains because I crossed the Blue Ridge Mountains every day between home and work. And I was coming down the mountain, I'm going, oh, brakes, just hold on. <laughs> so it was, it, was, it, was, it was a rare treat to drive, and I drove the truck home. Uh, this is my pickup truck, and I drove it home. You know, this is a half-ton extended cab with a four-wheel drive truck with a big cap on the back of it. So it's not like it's a lightweight vehicle. <laughs> well, and you said uh, mountains and brakes. That got me thinking way back... Uh yeah, about 35 years ago, I think it was back in, um, or even a little bit more than that, when I was in high school, our uh, FFA uh, officers, uh, Future Farmers of America, we decided to go out to the Black Hills of South Dakota, which is at the opposite end of the state. And we would have kind of an officer's retreat out there. And one of the guys, uh, his folks had a, uh, a South Wind, which was a Winnebago-type camper. And so we drove that out there, and we were driving through the hills. And uh, from Mount Rushmore... Going down into the town of Keystone, there's a hill there, and um, it's like a 15% grade. Uh-huh. And, yeah, and so they're driving, and the speed limit is like 35 miles an hour with a few, uh, couple twists and turns in there. So uh, he's driving that thing down there, and he's like riding the brakes all the way down because the, that grade is so steep. And so we get down to the bottom of the hill, and we pull into a parking spot there to get out, and we look, and the rotors are like, uh, or the disc brakes are like uh, red hot and glowing. And so uh, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know when um, 
uh, when we were down in Tennessee a few weeks ago, and as I was coming down out of uh, uh, the high point where we went up to the all, the highest point in the park, but I, you know, I had to ride the brakes a good bit as we were coming down. And they, when we got down in town, and I ran through a puddle, I could have swore I heard a little. <laughs> <laughs> well, then thinking about that trip out there too. Well, you know, we're teenagers. We had our advisor along with us, but that still doesn't mean we were being exactly smart. And uh, anybody who's been out to the Black Hills for like Sturgis or something like that uh, might be familiar with the Needles Highway, and that's a winding highway that goes through the Black Hills out there. And they've carved it through uh, a few mountains out there. So we took this, uh, and so we're driving up to this campground out uh, out there at night along the Needles Highway. And we went through a few of these tunnels, and the only way we could get through the tunnels with that camper was to pull the side mirrors in. And then we went real slow to make sure that we weren't scraping on anything. Not the smartest people in the world. Yeah, now, I've driven on some really narrow roads with some huge drop-offs. And uh, it's, I, I think I've only one time been a little bit scared uh, you know, cause it was, it was just a really narrow road and it was trying to manage the brakes and I was driving, I had a vehicle that was pretty well loaded down, not a huge vehicle, but it had a lot of weight on it. So I'm, I'm trying to manage that. And, 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 you know, cause you look down over the hill and it's like 150 feet down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, and there's no guardrail. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of sounds like the black Hills out there. From uh, me being a flatlander here. We don't have a lot for hills. We don't have a lot for drop-offs. So you get you go out there and you're driving around these twisty, turny roads, and um, and some of those are like hairpin curves in a few uh, places. So you're going around there, um, and you're hoping that there's not somebody coming down the other direction, uh, going a little too fast because you have nowhere to go. It's either a mountain over here or a drop-off over there. Uh, and so that makes a person a little nervous. And there was a few times, uh, especially like going up to the uh, Mount Rushmore, driving through the uh, Black Hills. Uh, yeah, I got a little bit uh, nervous there. But, you know, we made it through there. I didn't freak out. But there, I think when we got to the end, I kind of took a moment and just calmed down. Yeah, I um, I know we, you know, we've got a lot of mountain training. And where I cross the Blue Ridge, it's at about, it's a low point. It's a gap in the mountains. It's about 1,300 feet above sea level, give or take a little bit. So, uh, and it, it, as I've said before, between work and home, I can go through three different types of weather and do with that on a regular basis. You know, and it, it doesn't matter what time of year it is. I can still go through three different types of weather between here and work. So, it, it, it's always interesting. But I tell you, someplace, uh, if you drive... Uh, the mountains down in southern Virginia where Interstate 81 goes down, it's below, I guess it'd be below Christiansburg. It winds around down through the uh, Appalachian Mountains down there. It's It it, it could get a little wild down there because people are driving you 80, 85 miles an hour. And uh, it can get a little strange down there sometimes. They have widened the road recently, so it makes it a little bit better. But Yeah, I can remember we went out to... Um uh, the East coast, um, about 82, I think it was. And, uh, we're driving, uh, it was on the interstate in Pennsylvania there, but still we're going like 75 miles an hour or something like that. And these roads are twisting and turning, going up and around. And I say for a flatlander like me, it, it was a bit nerve wracking. Yeah. And see the flat, the flat area scared me cause I can see too far. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to see what's going to hit me. I don't want to be able to see this. <laughs> Well, sudden impact is my type of thing. Okay, yeah. 
but you know, even out here we have uh, we've had accidents on the big old straight road. But you know, things happen sometimes. But. Well, that's what I'm saying. You can almost see it coming from a long distance away. Oh, sure. I don't want to see that. I want it to be a surprise. Oh, well, yeah. I don't want to know about my impending doom. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm much more interested. in Surprise. <laughs> so. Uh, but uh, talking about old times, and I don't know what made me think of this, but, you know, again, you and I tend to talk, reminisce a lot, which is okay. I think the listeners really enjoy it. Something made me start thinking about old television commercials and and the way jingles stu- are still stuck in my head from some of these old commercials. And you as have- you, yeah, and as you say that, I'm thinking, I wish I were an Oscar Mayer wiener. That is what I truly like want to be. Yeah. Oh, I wish I was. Okay, that's just what yeah. everybody. <laughs> yeah, that clicking sound you heard is a lot of iPods being turned off. And people ripping their ears off their heads. <laughs> so I thought we'd just spend a few minutes talking about some of our favorite commercials. The first one that I remember that, that stuck in my head, uh, and it was a, and a couple of these don't have songs, but the one that I remember that stuck in my head is. Slinky, slinky, <laughs> yep. what a wonderful toy, slinky, slinky. <laughs> do you remember that one? Oh, yes, I did. I, I had a slinky, and I would make it walk down the steps from time to time. And I love the noise those things made, because back in that day, they were metal. Right. And they made that cool noise when you just sit there and flip them back and forth, or if they were walking down the stairs. But God forbid you ever should ever stretch those things. Oh, I know. Then they'd get all twisted up. I, I used to freak yeah. out every time that happened to my slinky. Yeah, because it's kind of it does just isn't the same anymore. No, and, and as much as you could make it look, it could could bend it back and get it so it looked the same, it just never was. No, and so I was always careful about that and wouldn't let anybody else play with it. But it still ended up getting trashed. So I swear, I think for Christmas, probably. For several years straight, every year I got a slinky in my stocking, you know, because it would it would crap out. You know, I'd get it; it'd make it till maybe June or something like that, and it'd crap out. Then come Christmas, new slinky. I don't think I had that many. I had one. I had a. I, I remember having. I had one. The last one I got, I really made last until uh, some younger relatives showed up. It didn't make it through the afternoon then. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was always my problem because my nieces and nephews are close to age, uh, close to my age. So they would come over, and I can't. I won't say that I took meticulous care of my toys, but I tried to keep them, you know, pretty good and uh, everything. But they would just kind of go out there and play the crap out of them, leave them outside, and geez, that torqued me off. I know. I hated because I, I always I did. I again not meticulous, but I took good care. That's the reason I still have some of my toys from when I was a kid. Oh yeah, not many, but some. I you know I think I might have a few around here. I've been trying to kind of like it's one of those things. I've got the memory. I don't necessarily need the device, so I'm trying to pare down and get rid of uh, some clutter in my life. So uh, I think maybe I've gotten rid of some of them over the years. Yeah, I I don't have much. I have like my old Tonka toys. I have uh, my original GI Joe and my Matchbox cars. I think I still have I still have some games, a couple games, but that's about it. I've got some of my um oh let's see. I got a um Tonka Jeep 
that I got, and that was back in the day when it was metal and you could kill somebody with it. Uh, I don't know if I got it all. There was a plastic top that went to it, but I don't know if I still have that. Is it um, the Ar- Army one? Yeah. I've got that. I don't yeah. have the, I don't, I might have the top for that. I don't remember. I, I may, I may have to go out and look. Um, and then I got a, um, Alice Chalmers tractor, uh, for Christmas. And, um, <clears throat> again, that was all metal. And I think the kids played with it and played, um, my kids played with it and played the crap out. But I still got it around here. The wheels are a little bit. But the thing that was really neat about that was it was just an open tractor, no cab on it. Well, and I, uh, did, I, I kind of wanted the cab. So my brother, um, who is older than me, about 14 years old, so he sat down with me and he took a, I think, a milk carton and cut it out and made it look like a cab and it had the windows on it and everything. And he got, he cut it to fit on the, uh, tractor itself he made sure he kind of measured and cut so it would fit on there nice you could slip it on there um and then he put contact paper on it to kind of dress it up and make it look good and i thought that excuse me i thought that was the neatest thing in the world that uh, you know he made that cab it was a little out of proportion but uh because back in those days cabs weren't standard features on uh, tractors it was kind of an option and yeah Although, you know, it ended up being people found out that skin cancer wasn't an option. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like I say, cabs become uh, became more prevalent. I think they're almost standard equipment now on most tractors, bigger farm tractors you get. But uh, he uh, made that one for me. My um, grandparents gave me a, it was a Ford pickup, but it was one of those with the, um, the cab over the engine yeah. type. Yeah, the the flat nosed one. So I've got that around here. And I think it was pulling a uh, uh, a horse trailer behind it. So I mean, this is the the bigger ones. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've got a few of those around here, and I think we got. Uh, and that was a toy that was uh, probably my brothers and sisters played with. But it was a uh, kind of well, I don't want to say working replica, but it was meant to function like a uh, an old combine. Oh, and this yeah. is. And this is like the really old one. For anybody that doesn't know combines, it won't make much uh, sense to them. But this had a, like an apron that would take the grain up to and dump it in the cylinder. Nowadays, they use like a chain or uh, auger or something like that to take it up to the, the the threshing cylinder. But this one had like an apron that would lay on and take it up there. That you know, kind of old, and it's kind of uh, falling apart. I don't know if I got all the pieces for it, but I have some of those around here. You know, sadly, I do know what you're talking about because... My grandfather had one of those old-time thrashing machines and everything. Because before he got to the point he couldn't do it, he had a thrashing business that he ran. He'd go around and thrash for people, and you know, not everybody had, had the thrashing equipment, so he right. did that. So. Well, this one, yeah, it's not quite a thrashing machine. You pulled it behind the tractor down the field, but it was kind of that concept. Um, and there was a few uh, actual threshing machines. I never actually, you know, um, well, they do have a threshing bee east of town here, I think, uh, probably about August, September, somewhere. I should actually go out there because I've never actually seen one up close and personal. Uh, but they do have demonstrations around here, and I should just go look at one because that looked just uh, backbreaking because you'd have to, uh, you'd probably park it out in the field, but then you'd have to cut the grain somehow put it in the bundles or something and take it up to the machine and feed it through there. And then it would blow the straw into this pile that you had to go and move around or deal with or take home for the farm, whatever you're going to do with it. Maybe have a wagon there to take it home and stack the straw somewhere. 
Uh, and then, but yeah, the machine, you brought the stuff to the machine. The machine didn't go to the crop. So, uh, yeah. that's kind of an interesting, you know, piece of equipment. Glad I didn't have to do any of it. Yeah. My grandfather sat on top of, a, I an ancient flatbed truck. And I mean, this thing was ancient, ancient. Um, and you know, they just drive it out into the field and they brought everything to it to run because it had the power unit on there and all. It, and it's been a long time since I've seen that thing, probably 45 years ago since the last time I saw it. But I well remember it sitting in the barn out there. I can still see it. Well, yeah, and uh, some of these, the ones that uh, were used out here, they would have uh, like a steam engine, uh, the old steam-powered tractors. And that would have a big old flywheel on it. So you'd put this big old wide belt from the... Uh, uh, flywheel on the tractor up to the flywheel on the threshing machine and then so you'd have to have somebody there and then a little later when uh you know gas powered tractors came in they'd have a flywheel on it but you still have that big old belt there that you'd have to use to operate it and uh you know this is like the v-belts that uh, we have nowadays this is a belt that was probably like a good foot wide yeah i know (laughs) because if that thing broke you didn't want to be anywhere near that thing when it came off no, because there would be a little momentum there behind that, but uh, and a little bit less less. It, it had momentum, and you went no momentum after it hit you. Oh yeah, you were you were probably down for the count. Yeah, no, that's true. That's very true. But now I've got some old Tonkas. I've got I like I've got a a grappler or what is it uh, a digger? It's got a great big crane digger. It went down and dug. I've got a bulldozer dump truck. And a road grader. I think I've still got those around. So, and they're all metal. So, yeah, if yeah. you if you chuck them at somebody, you, you could kill them with it. <laughs> yeah, and I may have chucked them at my nieces and nephews a little bit. Yeah, mom but, yelled at me. But you know, it just helped them build character. Yeah, or reflexes. <laughs> one of the two. Um, so, what about you? You got any? I I, I threw one out there. Do you, any commercials that you can think of? Well, you know, you brought that up. And it was a regional uh, commercial around here for the uh, Old Home Bread Company. And uh, you remember the guy that did uh, C.W. McCaw that did the uh, the song Convoy? Oh, yeah. 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 I think he voiced this commercial. And it got to be kind of one of those um, – um, it was one of those uh, ad campaigns that you know everyone dreams of kind of picked up steam. I think it went on for several years. It was basically about this trucker that was you know, would stop in at the truck stop. And uh, he would uh, met a waitress there, and it was kind of their ongoing, you know, uh, flirtation, love affair, you know, within the context of a bread commercial, of course. But, you know, he was delivering bread or whatever. And so it was became, um, it was a kind of a, a cult classic around here. Um, now, as I'm thinking about it, I'm going to see if I can, how well I can multitask here and just see if I can even uh find that but uh you know it was one of those things that you uh um people would be waiting for the commercials um to waiting for it to come on so they could see what the next installment was well you know we had one that was i don't know if it was regional or what but uh you know who jim varney is oh yeah yeah hello Vern. hello Vern. ernest 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 Uh, yeah uh was it ernest p worrell yeah, that was his name. He used to do a commercial for the Toyota dealership down in Tyson's Corner, and he would always come on burn, 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 and he would. Do, and it's the same stuff that he did, you know, in the movies and stuff like that. 
but he would talk about Tyson's Toyota, and I remember one of them where he had the, uh, uh, said his dog, I can't remember the dog's name, had puppies in the back of Vern's brand new Toyota pickup truck, and, you know, because they were all, they were funny commercials. I really enjoyed them. Yeah, I, I uh, found one here. I'll see if I can copy the link and put it into uh, Skype here. Uh, but yeah, it. Um, uh, that looking at what it says here, it uh, it says uh, C.W. McCon how Convoy, the song Convoy, would come to be. Okay. So I think that had a certain amount of uh, influence on it. Now I'll really show my age. I have a, I have C.W. McCall's Convoy on a forty-five. Oh my! Well, that was a rocking song, you know. Gonna get a convoy rocking through the night. Yes. Well, the thing I remember is, you know, uh, hey, Pigpen, you want to back that thing off a little bit? I'm, you're opening up my sinuses here. Yeah, yeah. Back that thing off about 10 miles or so. Roger? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, I, I like that song. That was, actually, I didn't quite enjoy that song. Uh, there were a bunch of those types of songs, uh, you know, back then. They see tr- trucking because that was a CB radio fad. Oh yeah, I remember that. I I had a CB radio. Yes, I did too. I remember, how, and that was back when you used to have to actually have a license to have a CB radio. Yeah, I think I remember that. Um, oh, I don't remember what my calls. Uh, well, I, my uh, handle was uh, Farmer Boy. Um, but I don't remember. My, well, yeah. Well, you know, it, it was, yeah, I was a farmer, but, you know, also Laura Ingalls Wilder book. Uh, so there was a couple connections there. Yeah, no, uh, I was the gray ghost. Ooh. It, well, the car I had at the time was a big gray Buick, and I was an avid Civil War buff, and uh, uh, John Mosby was is famous in this area, the, the, and he was called the gray ghost, the Confederate cavalry general. So, uh, or Mosby's Raiders is what it was known as. So I just, I just took the handle, the gray ghost. So, okay. Worked out well for me. Yeah. Here's a whole playlist. I think of, uh, well, no, I guess that's CW, uh, McCall songs, but, oh. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I like this, uh, old home is good buns commercial. Mm. Yeah. That make me think of something else. That's a little suggestive there. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, let's not go to the the Klingon route or anything. Yeah, like we don't. We don't need to talk oh. about where you, where they're circling Uranus and all that. Right. Uh, I think the next commercial that I, that stuck in my head is. Do you remember the clapper? Clap on, clap off. Yeah, that clapper. <laughs> and I remember the old lady sitting up in bed, waking up like she was mad or something, going, <laughs> "Turn the lights off and go to sleep." <laughs> She reminded me of my mother for some reason. I'm not sure why. <laughs> well, and as you say that, then I got to thinking about Ron Popeil. Oh, and every Pocket Fisherman. Yes, the Pocket Fisherman. I always wanted one of those. Well, I never really fished, but I thought it was kind of a neat concept. Well, I fished, but and I didn't care if it was. It just seemed cool. I mean, it could do 563 things to a fish or whatever the hell it was. I mean, Ron Popeil and Ronco have more commercials for more useful products than the average person could ever deal with. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to look up here and see. Uh, 
Yeah, because it seemed like he had all kinds of stuff here that he sold. He's still hawking stuff. Is he still alive? Yes. God. I so I got his bio here. I guess he's yeah, seventy nine years old. I don't see anything about uh, uh, passing away. So I guess he's still alive yet. I. It's probably been six months, maybe a year, but on you know like early Sunday morning or you know something like that. Flipping through one of the upper cable channels where they don't really have programming 24 hours a day and you get nothing but infomercials. He was on there hawking some kitchen something or other. I don't remember what the hell it was. I got a list of uh, his, I guess it's his inventions. He's got the Chopomatic. That's one of the first ones I remember, yep. Then he's got the Dialomatic, successor remember. to the Vegematic. I think you could set, dial your thickness of what you want to cut. Oh, okay, yep. Yep, yeah, I, and then the Popeil Pocket Fisherman. Yeah, I love that thing. I do. I still remember that. Mr. Microphone. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> I hadn't thought of, hey, beautiful, come join us later. Or whatever that commercial. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, then there's the Inside the Shell Egg Scrambler. Oh, that was that little thing that just poked the hole through the shell and well, yeah. didn't they have yeah you know, vibrated or something or scramble it? So yeah, could, some like little needle or something that had like a spinner or something on it. Uh, the, yeah, the the Showtime rotisserie, um, and then oh, the uh, uh, solid flavor injector, where you could inject flavor into your meats. Oh, uh, that's oh. an interesting concept. Yeah. Not at all suggestive. Uh, <laughs> or oh, the drain buster. Uh, that's one where you, you'd pump it up and you'd have compressed air and you could shoot it down there and just blow your uh, uh, blockage right out of your drain. And the P-trap right off, too. Probably. <laughs> your sink is unclogged. You now have nasty, dirty water coming back into your house, but your sink is unclogged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and then here's a questionable fashion statement. The Ronco Rhinestone Stud Setter. That's the thing. Somebody, we got to talking the other day, and somebody brought up the Bedazzler. Do you remember that thing? Yeah. Another bad fashion choice. But that, but what you're talking about, I think, preceded the Bedazzler. I'm pretty sure. And because it can't, cause here's what we, we were talking about, the movie Rhinestone Cowboy. Okay. And they said, and one of the guys said, "Oh, wouldn't it, just imagine if they'd had the Bedazzler back then." I went, "They did have something," and I couldn't remember what it was. Yep. I will have to text my friend and say, "Ah, here it is. Look." And I wait. It's my. Fr- I mentioned say hello. I don't know if he's listening this week or not. Gilbert, I knew there was something out there, and I'm going to send you the link so you can see it. I'll I'll put the list in here to the Wikipedia page of his. Uh, uh, all his inventions here. Well, the last, I haven't even touched them all. So. Oh, I know. Well, you know, one of his more recent things, probably due to his age, was the spray hair. Oh, geez, yes, I remember that. Spraying on to make your hair look thicker. Yeah, and unfortunately, with the angle of my uh, uh, computer here and my camera, I can see that. I, well, you know, I like to think that uh, grass doesn't grow on a busy highway. But then again, it also doesn't grow on a rock pile either. Yeah. 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 That's, knock on wood, still doing pretty good up there. But I, I don't really care one way or the other. I keep it so sh- I keep my hair so short it wouldn't make any difference if I didn't have it. So well, I keep it short just so I can't grab a handful of it and yank it out. 
I do it just I my I always joke I say I know it's time to cut my hair when I feel the wind move it or it doesn't dry in between the time I walk from the shower to, the, to get the towel off the towel rack. <laughs> well, my kind of rule of thumb is that I don't mind it if it gets that kind of, uh, and I don't know, maybe I shouldn't try to be so, uh, maybe I should just be an old man and uh, settle for it, but I don't mind if it kind of stands straight up, you know, kind of the not exactly spiky look, but, you know, it just kind of stands up. But when it gets to the point that it wants to start flopping over and looks like I might have to comb it and part it, I say screw it and tell my uh, barber, who happens to be my wife, uh, just to get the clippers out and buzz it off. Yeah, my barber's my wife too. She does. She cuts me and my son's hair both. <laughs> well, see, yeah, my wife is actually. Uh, she went to school for cosmetology, uh, so she knows how to do this stuff. We always call them hair burners. No, we. My wife just does it for I think the sheer enjoyment of shaving my head. The sheer enjoyment. Yes. Get it? Sheer enjoyment. Yeah. And dun <laughs> We we need a rim shot machine here. We, we we need Guy Searle's uh, soundboard. I'm I've been tempted oh. a couple times to buy that, buy one of those. <laughs> that may not end well. It yeah, it could go really bad for the listeners. So listeners, <laughs> let's a quick poll: Should Mike or I or the other guy that occasionally is on the show get a soundboard and have around? Let us know. You yes. never know. We could make your soundboard dreams come true. Or we could send you screaming in hysteria and ripping the earplugs, <laughs> out, earbuds out of your ear, or threatening to pull your, st- cut your own brake line so you don't have to listen to the podcast anymore. Wow, that's extreme. We're it, possible for suicides and homicides. Yeah, you know that's that's the way it goes. The next thing that uh, the next one that I had written down that I remember, the big one was the. Do you remember Whammo products? Oh yeah, the frisbee and. Super Bowl. Okay. So, oh well, but the one I remember—you you almost hit on the one I remember—the super elastic bubble plastic. Do you remember that? Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, we are now going down memory lane here. I kind of remember that. Let's it was see. this goo that was in a tube, and, and and you squeezed it out onto a it basically a straw. It was just a little bit better quality drink than a drinking straw. And you can blow into these big, they've come back out with this crap too. This is what gets me. Um, you blew it and you could make these like bubbles and things that you blew up and you could play with them for hours and hours and hours. And, and they, they held up, but the super elastic bubble plastic. And the, the one thing about that and all the other commercials was by whammo. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to bring up the history here because I know they had all kinds, of, and I think it's still looks like it's still a looks like it's still going yet. Yeah, they're not a very big company, but the, yeah, they're still going. I don't think they've been bought up like some of the other. Mattel's been buying up a lot of the like Mattel owns Fisher Price and a couple of the other you know uh, uh, toy companies from when we were younger. But uh, yeah, Whammo is still around. I'm pretty because I've got uh, somewhere here on my desk. Under my desk, I've got the Frisbee that kids gave me, because I always like to play Frisbee. Um, yeah, it says in uh, 2010, Whammo acquired Sprig Toys. I'm not familiar with that one, but... Uh, oh, yeah, and I'm looking here. Uh, Hula Hoop, uh, the Frisbee, uh, Slip and Slide... Yeah, the Super Bowl. That was the one that you could take it outside and you'd throw it down. It could go up like 100 feet in the air or something like that. Oh, yeah. Who did Silly Putty? Oh, my. 
Because that's been around for eons. I used to get that every year for Easter. Uh, I remember getting it once, and the big thing about that one was you could put it on comics and peel it up, and then you could sit there and stretch and it. Stretch it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Tell me who made it. It's telling me about Silly Putty. It's silicone polymers. That's great. We didn't care. We we, we were just interested in the fact. I used to like to make oh. it pop. Uh, is a trademark of Crayola. Oh, really? So it says. Huh. Uh. Interesting. I didn't know that. But yeah, that was that was one that I I used to love that stuff. But I don't remember the commercials real well for that for some reason. Uh, for Silly Putty? Yeah. I do remember them putting it down on the comic strip, and then they'd peel it off, and it would take some of the ink up with it. And you could sit there, and then you could stretch it and do all kinds of weird and twisted things to the comic. And uh, you could, uh, that's the one I do remember. You could sit there, and you could bend it and pull it and mold it and just, you know, kind of screw around with it. And uh, you could put it in whatever shape you wanted. Yeah. Now you know what you made me think of in that one, another one that I, commercial I hadn't thought of for a while? Color forms or color forms, however you want to say it. Do you remember them? They no. were they were those little thin, like vinyl cutouts of figures. You'd get like a background scene, and then you could peel the little vinyl figure off. Like I had a Batman one, one of the ones I really remember well. And you peel Batman off, and then he had other little things. He built like a scene. It okay, was kind of, it was kind of like cutouts that were, and they stuck. You could peel them off and restick them all the time. Okay, yeah, because I pulled up the Wikipedia page for me, and they got a Gumby set here that you could do that with. And yeah, I had Batman. I think I had a Superman. I had a couple of the superheroes as because I because I was really big into Batman when I was younger, and I've gotten back into Batman somewhat as I've gotten older because my uh, one of my kids has gotten into Batman. So you know, like it, one of our favorite movies around here is uh, The Dark Knight. I think I've watched that one. I'm a little behind on my some of my uh, comic book movies. I watched The Dark Knight. Yeah, because that's the one with um, Christian Bale. Yeah, well, and then who uh, who played the bad guy, the Joker? Um, 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 what's his face? It's dead. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Heath Ledger. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I remember watching that one. I don't remember if I watched the next one, which was what The Dark Knight Rises. Yes, The Dark Knight Rises was the second one. It came out in uh, 2012. The Dark Knight was in 2008. So, um, And then is it The Dark Knight Returns? There's a third one, isn't there? Uh, or are they making the third one? I've lost track. Well, uh, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about color forms for a long time. Yeah, and then you, know, you were talking about commercials that stick in your head. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, oh what a relief it is. It is. Oh, my. Yeah. It's a singing episode. Well, you know the other one, too? What was the other one like that one? Uh, Please Don't Squeeze the Charmin. Oh, Mr. Whipple. Whipple. Yes. <laughs> that was another one of those commercial franchises that, uh, you know, kind of had... Um, a longevity to it. You got a spokesman there that, uh, well, he wasn't exactly a spokesman. He was just a, a character that, uh, uh, you know, just it became ingrained in culture. Because, yeah, you talk about don't squeeze the Charmin, you'd always think of Mr. Whipple. Yeah. Now that's uh, plop, plop, fizz. What was the other one? I was, oh, do you remember the old Joe Namath commercials for pantyhose? 
Yeah, sort of. Yeah, those were because the first time I saw that, I remember turning around and saying to my mother, "Mom, that man's wearing pantyhose." <laughs> and that's a discussion that parents just didn't want to have. That's very true. Because I, well, you know, I knew who Joe Namath was. And I'm going. He's a football player. He's not supposed to be wearing pantyhose. <laughs> that ain't right. Uh, at least, you know, by my way of thinking, you know. Broadway Joe. <laughs> Well, then you you know uh, uh, spokesman. Then I happen to think of the Maytag repairman. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, I can see his face. He's the loneliest guy on the planet. Yeah, uh, and that was for a number of years. I can't remember. Uh, oh, who was that? Was it Gordon Call? I can't remember. Uh, trying let's to see here. I can see his face, but I can't remember. Oh, no. Uh, let's see here. Uh, all kinds of images. Yeah, and they've had a few more since he's... Uh, well, yeah, I think Gordon Call at one point, but he wasn't like the original. Um, darn. What is that? Hmm. You know the one other one that I think of along that line? The Tidy Bowl Man. Oh, yes. The little guy in the uh, dinghy in your toilet. Yeah, in the tank of your toilet. <laughs> Uh, that that's that's so sad, so so very sad. Yeah, um, you know some of the things that was once upon a time acceptable on TV, we're kind of going, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it 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 can be some very strange things. I'm sure people nowadays would, or the kids nowadays would uh, look at uh, look at some of those things and go, what? You people actually watched and, and enjoyed. I mean, back then commercials were almost as much uh, of the of the uh, culture as the television show you were watching, because those were the days when you had you know ABC, CBS, NBC, and maybe one or two independent stations, and that was your entire programming lineup. So the commercials, you know, were important. Well, yeah, and back then when uh, you know, and children TV commercials. You know, and when we were kids, that was well. When we were kids, it wasn't such a uh, a big deal. <clears throat> um, but uh, no, I I muted myself. I was trying oh. to clear my throat there. Uh, no, back uh, when, to us, it wasn't such a big deal. But then, uh, you know, as we got older, a lot of the people they had legislation to change all these uh, uh, TV commercials because some of them, you know, uh, smoking and. Well, the smoking or even like, you know, some of the cereal commercials where, you know, it was about having fun and doing all this other stuff. And, um, uh, and, you know, now it's more like they still try to do that, but they, you know, there's nutritional content now. And, um, and, you know, I just, as I'm saying that, I thought of something that I was kind of sad to see go. And again, it's kind of a time, uh, um, a sign of our times, I guess, or whatever. Back when we were kids, you remember the Kool-Aid packages? Yes. Your little package of Kool-Aid powder. That was before they came with sugar, too. So you yeah. took the little packet, and you'd rip the top off, and you'd mix it with some sugar and some water, and you'd mix it for Kool-Aid. Well, they used to have, like, puzzles on there or jokes or oh, something yeah. like that. You know, you, they used to be fun. Now it's, you know, barcodes, nutritional information, and uh, pro- ingredient lists and all this other stuff. And some of that stuff, as much as I like that stuff and I know it's bad for me, I don't want to know what's in it because that only makes me feel worse. Mm. Yeah. 
Ignorance is bliss. That's or, true. You know, you know another commercial? Do you remember the old McDonald's commercials? Oh, yeah, with Ronald McDonald. And, and the Hamburglar and, uh, oh, uh, let's see, you had the Hamburglar, Ronald McDonald. What was the police guy? I'm trying to remember. Oh, Mayor, my. Mayor McCheese. Um, yeah. All those. So, special orders don't upset us. No, that's Burger King. Oh, that's right. That's Burger King. Yeah, that's right. That, I, I forgot that. See, that one just popped into my head too. That was. What was well, it? and then, and then you know, like I say, since we're flashing back to our youth, um, uh, oh, please don't flash old, us. Oh well, no, I'll I'll try not to. It's not that uh, interesting anyway. But um, the old Coke commercials. I'd like to, to teach, teach the world, world to sing, sing in perfect harmony. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, the com- the Christmas version of that was always one of my favorites. Do you remember that where they'd all be stand they'd form like a shape of a Christmas tree, they'd keep zooming oh. out and they'd be in like a triangular shape and all that. Yeah, um I kind of remember watching that like yeah, uh, it seemed like when my brother would come home from college, he had to watch football and I I think I've said I'm not a sports fan, but yeah, so uh, but you know, my big brother, he's cool. So I was going to sit there and, you know, we'd, I would try to watch TV with him. But sometimes I found the commercials more interesting than the football game. And uh, that was one that I do remember being on there was the, uh, yeah, them uh, <clears throat> standing around, I think, with candles or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. The old uh, coat, yeah, those. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, he's a pepper, she's a pepper. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? Oh, Drink Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Yeah, that was the sometimes the soda commercials were the was some of the better ones. Those in the beer commercials, they seem to have the most money behind them. Oh yeah, well yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you know the the Clydesdales have become iconic. Oh yeah, and that was uh, Ed McMahon used to talk for behind most of those old uh, Budweiser commercials. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and somehow I think uh, he probably was behind the, a few cans too, but. He might have drank a beer here and there. I'm, you know, I'm not certain, but there's a possibility Ed might have tipped back a can or you know, at least had a sip anyway. Yeah. You know, as long as you constitute 12 ounces as a sip, but okay. <laughs> it depends on the size of your mouth. You know, come on. Sure. Get real with it here. You got you, you got to work with me on this one, Mike. <laughs> sure. I'm flexible. Yeah, okay, we don't need to go down that, but No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to flash you. I'm not going to show you how flexible I am. <laughs> this this is all well and good. I'm trying to think. Well, there was another one I had written down or I'd thought of. Oh, do you remember SSTs? SSDs? No. <laughs> Sam, Sam, Tom. SSTs. No. They were these cars that had this big wheel in the middle, and you had this plastic thing oh. that you shoved down in, and you... Ripped it out and then let the thing fly. Let's see. I don't remember being. I don't remember that being their name. I want to say Wizards or. Oh man, what was? I thought they were called Rippers or SSTs. What was that? Um, crap. I can't remember now. Uh, but those those because they always had different ones. Okay. Um. Yeah. They got one of a shark of, uh, I'm looking at image searches here. Oh, okay. uh, 
Yeah, it looks like well, it looks like a uh, not a shark, a um, one of those vehicles uh, at the which set a speed record at the uh, uh, Bonneville Salt Flats. Okay, Looked yeah, like kind of a rocket car type deal. Yeah, things. yeah, and then they came out with like demolition derby ones later on. Uh, looks like uh, well, they got like uh, yeah or uh, dragsters. Yes. Yep, I remember the, but that noise they made. They, of course, they added a lot of extra sound to it because when I got mine, I went, I couldn't wait for that noise. Well, that's kind of disappointing. <laughs> it was always disappointing when you got the toy and it didn't, you know, didn't make the wonderful noises and stuff that it did with realistic sound. Horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and when when you said realistic sound, I got to thinking about too. Um, uh, my grandma and grandpa got me a um, what was it? It was basically it was a Tommy gun, and you'd pull the trigger. Well, it wasn't a Tommy gun. I mean, it was a toy, but uh, you'd pull the trigger, and um, you you it would sound like a, 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 a Thompson machine gun going yeah. off. I had one of those, and it had like a metal piece that then moved forward as as you it held the trigger. Oh, uh, well, you pulled the. Oh, well, there were, there, were two, there were two of them. There was one that had that looked like a Tommy gun, and it just made a noise as you squeezed the trigger. I think then, that was mine. And then there was the one I had where you pulled this handle back, and as you squeezed the trigger, there was a little red thing moving in and out on the end of it, and the thing went forward. And it worked kind of like the action on a real machine gun. Yeah, and um, my mom hated that toy. And she said, yeah, of course, the grandparents bought it and then send it home with us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because she hated that thing. And I don't know. I was trying to figure out how it worked. And I think I jammed something in there and it quit making noise. I was disappointed. Mom was strangely happy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think, well, I wasn't allowed to do it in the house. So I don't remember Mom ever getting too pissed off about my machine gun. But we loved to have those because we used to play Army back then. You know, and you you had to shoot and kill everybody in the neighborhood. Oh yeah, and you know another toy I remember from my youth. Um, it was a uh, it was a plastic tank, but it was a tank. It had the turret on top that would turn, and then you could put little plastic projectiles in there and pull it back, and it was spring loaded. And you could fire your you know uh, um, rockets or whatever from your uh, from your tank. Ah, oh, you know what? You just made me think. I don't know how old I was when the commercial started. The Trick Cereal commercials. I don't know why I put that one in my head, but that one popped in there. Tricks are for kids. Yes. Or Silly Rabbit Tricks, tricks are, are for, for kids. kids. Yeah. That was towards the end of my youth, actually. Yeah, I, I don't think I was really... I never ate the cereal. I never liked it. I tried it once. And it was, ah. I didn't mind sweet cereals, but yeah, that one just didn't quite do it for me. Yeah, again, I didn't, my my favorite cereal when I was a kid was um, uh, Fruit Loops. Um, you remember Quisp? Yes, with the little alien. Yes, I do remember yes. Quisp. They still make it, I think, don't they? Do they really? They, they're allowed to make that stuff. Well, you know, all right. So now you talk cereal commercials. Those were also another big thing that we got marketed a lot to as kids. Uh, Count Chocula and Frankenberry. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked blueberry. I thought that stuff tasted pretty good. Oh, the ghost. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I had to think about that one for a second. Yeah, the uh, blue stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then uh, yeah, I pulled up uh, doing a Google search. I pulled up Quisp. 
um, they had that and they had Quake and then you had uh, uh, Captain Crunch. That yes, I uh, my wife loved used to like Captain Crunch. I was that and who all right iconic te- television commercial. They're great. Oh, Tony the Tiger. There you go. I mean, what's more iconic than that? Uh, oh yeah. Oh, and then uh, you know all the product tie-ins for the cereal because I'm looking down here and they have plush toys. They had the little Quisp alien on there. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember ever seeing one of those. I just it came up here on this image search, hmm. and I I don't remember Quake because that looks like a uh, it looks like a big miner wearing a cape, which is a weird visual, but. Yeah. I, I also got got one here uh, of him wearing a cowboy hat or something. I just don't remember Quake, but I do remember Quisp. Hmm. And I'm not speaking with a lisp. It's Q-U-I-S-P. <laughs> no, I know that. What was it? Oh, uh, what was it? Maxwell House. Good to the last drop. Oh, yeah. Boop, 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 doop, boop. No, that, that was just embarrassing. Oh, and the, you know, the, do you remember uh, from the Wizard of Oz, the lady that played the bad woman that took Toto away? Can't think of her name. Margaret Hamilton. Yeah, remember what was the coffee commercial? She didn't she do a coffee commercial? Well, let's see here. Because I, you know, she's forever going to be the wicked witch of the of the West. West, right? Let's see. Um, okay, I just said her name. What was it? Mar- Margaret Hamilton. There we yeah. go. Okay, Margaret Hamilton. All right, coffee. Coffee commercials. Here we go. Popped up on Google. Sometimes Google is uh, scary. Yeah, really. Uh, let's see here. Maxwell, Hel- Maxwell House. Oh, yeah, that was. Yeah. Oh. Well, she didn't have the big old uh, yeah. big old on her. And then uh, the other one along with that was the lady that was did the Palmolive commercials. No, hard on hard on grease, but gentle on your hands. Oh, Marge. Yeah, Marge, Marge. Manicures. Yeah. Oh, and you know another one that just popped into my head? Light, bright, light, bright. Oh, yeah. I don't, uh, yeah, I never had that one. I, I, had, I had one for years. I loved that thing. I do remember, too, that... Uh... uh I'm trying to remember what happened to it. Somebody dropped it, and it the case shattered, and the light or no, the light bulb shattered inside. And trying to clean all the glass out of that thing because it was just a bare light bulb in the back of the thing. Oh yeah, and you speak of uh, bare light bulbs. The Easy Bake Oven. I never had one, but I think we've got one for Emily when she was small. And we realized, yeah, all it is is like a hundred watt light bulb. Well, I kind of knew it before we got it, too. But it's just a 100-watt light bulb. You stick it in there. You got the little cake mix in the little pan, and you mix it up, and you put it in there. I think she baked a, a cookie in there once and gave half of it to me. So, My youngest, they still make the Easy Bake Oven. Does it still use a 100-watt light bulb? Yep, but the hard part is finding the 100-watt light bulb now. Yeah, those uh, compact fluorescents just don't put off heat. Yeah. Oh, all right. Rich Corinthian leather. Oh, my. Ricardo Montalban. Ricardo. And, uh, Chrysler Cordoba. Cordoba, yes. It got everyone speaking fake. Uh, uh, what was he? He was Mexican or whatever nationality. He was, he was Latino of some sort, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. 
Yeah, so everyone, rich Corinthian leather. Yes. And I don't even know if that's a real thing, but it certainly sounded good. Yeah, it, it, it sounded impressive whether or not it was real. Who the hell knows? Yeah, you know, just don't, you know, don't ask what that means, but. Yeah, true. And what was the other one I was trying to think of? Oh, but there, there were just so many, and they, I'll just be doing something, and these things will just randomly, the the commercials, the songs from them tend to pop into my head. That's what bugs the hell out of me. <laughs> and then you're trying to think what they were or where they're from, or then you yeah. try to think, of, you know, then you start thinking about these other commercials. Because I haven't thought about, like, Whammo or uh, Popeil in a, in a long time. And like I said, I'm kind of surprised that he's still around yet. Yeah, well, he was kind of the uh, what was the guy for uh, that got that died? Um, oh, um, shoot! Yeah, his name. I wonder if I can. His picture popped up when I was looking at Popeil here. Yeah. Um, Billy Mays. Billy Mays of uh, what was it, what's the laundry detergent or something that he does? Uh, was did. that OxyClean? OxyClean, yeah. Yeah. As opposed to oxymoron, but yeah. Or just plain moron, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, because I think um, uh, my daughter uh, for um, they had to do a commercial or something like that uh, in in school. So I think uh, they uh, they uh, spoofed Billy Mays. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and his whole kind of uh, pitch thing and his whole spiel. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I do remember. And then she was you know kind of sad. Uh, well, it's kind of hard to make fun of him when he dies, but, you know. Uh, yeah, there was, uh, yeah, especially since he tweeted out, hard landing hit my head or something like that. Yeah, something to that effect. So, well, there was uh, another commercial, too, that I happen to think of that always pops into my head. Um, but it's not that old. It was, uh, look for the union label when you are buying. Oh, no, that's pretty old, isn't it? It's uh, Barbara Mandrell from, I think, late 80s, so it's not, well, I guess it is. is. Yeah, I mean, it is, I know it's Barbara Mandrell, and it was for cotton or something like that. Well, okay, yeah, they were, um, well, there was the uh, commercial for cotton, what was it now, Um, the look and feel of cotton. No, that's you know it was the it was just fabric workers union. It was a, a time as they were just starting to outsource a lot of the clothing manufacturing out okay. of the country. Well, it's so it seven seventy eight. Oh, I'm just thinking it was newer than that. Okay, well, but I do well remember that. Look for the union label when you are buying. Yeah, folks, I'm sorry, I can't sing a lick, but I you know <laughs> I I seem to do quite a bit of it today. Well, it's just one of those things. Those things. They're, you know, earworms or brain worms or whatever. They they screw yourself down into the middle of your psyche there. And then at weird times, they just come popping out. And then they're rolling around in your head. And then you just start. And we're so programmed that we just start singing them. And it's like, crap, where'd that come from? Yeah. Well, you know, for a long time, I couldn't remember uh, where the uh, the thing from, uh, oh, God, who's the guy that sang it originally? Uh uh, the mighty Quinn. In and oh. in walked the Eskimo. I that that used to always pop into my head. I want to say that uh, Manfred Mann. You're right. It is. It's Manfred Mann. Okay. 
So yeah, uh, that that crap would just pop into my head. It's like, oh, I hate, and I I really hate when stuff like, and then I can't think of it. Oh yeah, it's just on the edge. You can almost, as I reach up to the camera, there, my fingers are going towards Kevin. You can almost touch it. You can almost reach, it, but you just can't quite remember. And then you're probably talking to somebody, and you're going, Mm-mm. yeah. And then like about two o'clock in you more in the morning, you go, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, was uh, visiting my mom, and there was an old rerun of a. Uh, oh God, what's the actor that just died? Uh, uh, James Gardner. No, not him. Before him, um, Robert Mitchum. Oh, he just passed away, and they were replaying an old uh, late night, or I don't know if it was late night interview, him with Dick Cavett, but I couldn't remember Dick Cavett's name. Oh my! I was thinking, okay, Robert. Yeah, it's not Robert Frost. Uh, not Merv Griffin, you know, sitting there trying to get through all the talk shows. I said, not Johnny Carson. And then finally there was another lady that was there. She said, she said, I should know, I should know. And she, she went away and then she came back, Dick Cavett. Well, yeah. And as you're saying that, uh, maybe that's the one I remember, uh, for me, it was a big deal. Um, when I was, oh, I think it must have been a, well, I know junior or senior in high school, I don't remember what it was, but I got a TV upstairs in my room. It was a black and white TV because uh, that wasn't an incidental purchase back then. It was one of, for us anyway. It was one of those things you kind of had to save up the money for, and I think I had rabbit ears or something. Uh, but I had it upstairs in my room, and I can remember watching Tom Snyder at night. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought about him for a while, and he'd sit there and smoke. Yeah. Well, everybody smoked back then. That was a thing. Yeah. Well, you know, I had a little 12-inch black and white TV that I earned, I sold greeting cards. I had to, it took me a long time, but I sold 60 boxes of greeting cards. And to do that, um, then you could earn the, the prize that a little 12 inch general electric black and white TV. Oh, I remember that. Oh yeah. You know, that sort of ties in with our commercials. Cause I remember those ads that used to be on the back of stuff where, yeah, if you sold cards, you could, uh, yeah, you could get a TV, or there was all these different prizes, and you know, the, yeah, that was selling yeah greeting cards, and was it sympathy cards, and it was all kinds. It was uh, I'm trying to remember the greeting card company, but nobody thought I would do it. And I, it took me like a month or two to get them all to get sixty boxes sold, and then when I sent the order in, they came in. And I distributed all the cards out to everybody that had bought them. And then I kept waiting and waiting for the television, and finally the TV showed up, and it was like, I had my own television, a 12-inch television, black and white. (laughs) Yeah, and that was the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny. I kept that television for years, and when I one of my first jobs is I worked in a laundromat, and it was so boring during the day. I used to carry that television to work with me, and, you know, it wasn't even really light because this was a tube TV. You know, it wasn't heavy either, but I'd set it there and I'd watch through rabbit ears. I'd watch television to help pass the time of day. <laughs> Nothing like getting paid three dollars an hour to watch television. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Um, and I remember, you know, the TV was important to me. And then when I got an FM radio, because we had a, like AM radios around there, but when I was able to get an AM FM radio, well, we're uh, too hot shit. Oh, I know. 
Uh, yeah, because then you could it, you didn't have all that silly static or well, no, it wasn't silly. It was kind of annoying static or you know a thunderstorm would roll through. And you could actually hear the music. You didn't hear these cracks. You know, as the lightning went through, you didn't hear all the cracks on your uh, on your radio. Yeah, well, I remember when I got my first AM/FM radio. I think I was like thirteen or fourteen. It was a clock radio. It was an AM/FM, and I still have it. And it still works. Oh, my. Uh, mine may be out in the farm somewhere. Okay, folks, we had a, a Skype threw up all over us. It vomit everywhere. So I'm not sure what happened. Ew, yeah. Did, digital, the little little transistors and resistors just blew all over the place. It was a, a tube blue. <laughs> um, well, I think we've talked about the old TV commercials We've done that, done that that topic fair justice, but now I think, and I'll, I'll just say one more thing, and we can move on to another topic. I think I saw not long ago, and this might have been what triggered the memory. You can actually buy entire DVD collections of nothing but old TV commercials. Of TV commercials, okay. Two hours of, you know, you used to always hate the commercials. Well, now it's just two hours of commercials. <laughs> Okay, that's just like freaking weird, but I'll have to buy you one and send it to you. <laughs> okay. Well, of course, you know, you stop and think about it. If you would have told, you know, like um well, my my dad passed away in 79, but if I would go back and tell him in 1979 that we would be buying bottles of water and packets of air, he would have looked at me and went, "What are you are you on drugs? What are you talking about?" But you know, we got bottled water and you have all these little uh bags of air that you put into uh for packing and stuff so oh, yeah. you know just think about it, people we're buying water and air yeah stuff that theoretically could be low to no cost i mean comes yes. out of the tap yes. you're already paying for it so yeah that's true um but anyway so yeah it you know i'll have to see if i can find the dvd because you definitely need to have that in your dvd collection <laughs> I'll have to rip it and put it in my Plex server so I can watch commercials. Uh, Nonstop. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, you know, I, I would like to cut the cord, but yes, I'm going to put commercials on my Plex server. <laughs> That's kind of like inserting the cord someplace. <laughs> okay, I'll let that comment lie. Yes, please do. That's that's fine. Um, I, I The one thing I do, I need to follow up to our last show where we were talking about the colloquialisms and stuff like that. One of the ones I... And I didn't realize it until a couple days later when I slipped into it and said it. And I don't know if how how this works, but it was the phrase "yesum." Well, sometimes I'll say that to uh, uh, somebody. Somebody at the school will uh, like maybe call me on the intercom or want to talk to me, and I'll walk up to them and say "yesum." Yeah, I, I don't know where the hell that one came from. I think that might be more. I didn't get a chance to look at look that one up. I just remember it popping into my my lexicon or the my dialect at some point. Uh, I probably picked it up from watching TV. I'm ha- I have this suspicion it's probably a southern, uh, uh, southern saying or something like that. Are you saying we have a colorful turn of phrase down in this part of the country? Possibly so. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to hit you with a Pepsi-Cola bottle. Well, golly. Uh, okay, yeah, here we go. From the Urban Dictionary. Short form of yes, ma'am. 
When used to a guy, it is a slight and unnoticed insult. Very good for annoying the boss. Ah. Yeah, and I like the, 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 this is quoting from the Urban Dictionary here. Your mother, uh, it says here, your mother, get your ass working now. And you say, yes, um. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So it is It is a southern thing. So, yeah, that one slips in there every once in a while. And sometimes I'll just throw it in there on purpose to try and be a little funny or, you know, whatever. My problem is I've never been a little anything. Anyway, we'll move, <laughs> we'll move on. Um, you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, back-to-school tech since you're somehow connected to the school system? Well, sometimes I feel like I'm connected to the building, but, uh, you know, that's just because I clean it all the time. But, um, you know, we're about three weeks away or so from uh, – uh, school starting here, and God, I hope we have this place everything done by the time school starts. But you know, and, and my kids are all out. It's been two years since we've had uh, uh, since Emily graduated, and we haven't had to worry about uh, stuff. But you know, I got to thinking about um, tech for going back to school because uh, you know it's getting more and more prevalent. And then I kind of got to thinking, you know, I try not to go tripping down memory lane all the time, but I got to thinking about some of the cool tech stuff that you know i had when i went to school but you know i mean um and you got kids that are, are in school and i don't do you have any uh is there any tech that you're going to be getting your kids when they go back well i mean they had to i had to get my oldest uh has a got a real one of those real fancy uh i think they're shit but ti graphing calculators oh yeah i don't, I don't like ti calculators period um that's the probably the biggest thing up until this year. I mean, I've had to buy thumb drives. Ooh, thumb drives. I haven't bought any for a couple weeks. Now, Kevin, calm down. Thumb drives. Ah, uh, oh, okay. Don't make me smack you. I'm back, folks. Um, okay. But this year, the school is issuing Chromebooks to uh, to the kids. So that should be interesting. Yeah, see up here um, for the last... Ooh. Six years, I think it is, uh, because my boys, I don't, yeah, my boys didn't have. I think Emily was the first one to. Uh, they eat all of the high school kids, and there's only about 200 high school kids here, but they all get netbook uh, computers to use. And I think now this year they're moving up from the netbooks to. Um, there's still Windows machines because that's all our tech coordinator knows, um, but uh, uh, they're they're not the uh, the the uh, netbooks anymore. They're, they're a little better machines. They're still low-end, I'm sure, because, you know, they want to spend a lot of money on that. But uh, each uh, kid has it so they can do their uh, homework. Uh, they're trying to get a little bit more integrated with, uh, you know, using wikis for uh, questions and doing assignments and, you know, communicating and that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's been a thing here for the last few years. Uh, I would... <clears throat> I would like to see them move to like maybe iPads or something. Well, actually, what I would like to see them do, um, I'd like to see them move to eBooks, just because I'm getting tired of schlepping all the textbooks around the school. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can imagine. Now, this is the kids had they had a mobile lab of netbooks before this. In other words, like you know, there was a cart that had a group of them on it, and they take it around to different classrooms. But this year. They will all have one that's issued to each kid. They don't get to take them home, but each kid will have their own Chromebook that they keep at school. Now, see here, you can take them home. You can do your homework on them uh, because there's um, 
nowadays most people have Wi-Fi in their home so they can connect. Well, I mean, they take them home and do their homework. And um, if they have Wi-Fi, they can turn it in over the uh, uh, Wi-Fi or we'll keep the school open until oh, probably about 7 o'clock at night. So if they want to pop in, sit down in the commons and you know uh, submit their homework or something like that. Um, so they can do it that way. But they get to take them home. They use them. They've got... Um, I think she's upgraded now. They had Windows, well, they had XP, and I think she's upgrading them now to Windows 8. Uh, no, no, maybe they had, some of the newer ones I think had Windows 7 on them. Um, but, you know, they're, they're using Windows, but, uh, and they're not bad. I mean, I got my little netbook here. It's running Linux, but it's not bad for typing and doing some research and that kind of stuff. So it, it fits the bill pretty good. Yeah. Now, I, I imagine, you know, this will eventually evolve into something where they get to bring them home. But I think, you know, since this is the first year for the program, uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I I haven't dug into the program real heavy. We'll get some information on it here in another week or so when they have the uh, back-to-school, because the kids are changing schools. So there's an introduction to the new school, and that's part of the program. Um They'll, they'll get the, the they talked about it in the message they sent out about the Chromebooks that they're issuing. So, And, you know, I was kind of surprised because I thought it was a good idea, but I was kind of surprised that uh, I thought the netbooks, they would be, uh, they'd have more problems with them than what they did. But uh, these were Acers. They were, uh, and I was surprised that she had the, do some fix a few of them, but for the most part, they held up pretty well. And the kids, uh, you know, there was one or two that did stupid things, and of course, they lost their computer privileges. But uh, for the most part, they survived pretty well because some of those are still they're six years old, but some are still in use. They're getting moved down to the elementary now, where you know, hopefully, their needs won't be too much because you know, you get into high school, they start to do more. Um, um, art projects you need a bigger screen because these only had the uh, 10 inch screens on them yeah um so bigger screens a little more horsepower some uh audio um picture or even you know video video editing software because they're doing all that kind of stuff they're getting more into that kind of stuff so they need a little bit more horsepower so but uh, uh like i said i'm kind of surprised they held up pretty well yeah, it, it'll be interesting, I, I, and I'll let the listeners know after I uh, see, uh, yeah find out more about it what they get to do. But the last I know, they weren't going to be able to bring them home. You know that again, that could change. We'll we'll have to see, but uh, it should be interesting. I mean, I'm in a. I mean, you're in an even smaller area, but the county I'm in is fairly small. There's only uh, three high schools in the entire county, and you know about three or four middle schools and half a dozen elementary schools which in this area is considered very small and very rural so because the 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 county that i the where i work uh one county has 16 or 14 high schools in it okay that kind of boggles my mind because clark county's got two and the, the rate that uh schools uh population uh keeps decreasing and they may have to merge into one eventually well, the uh, elementary school that my kids went to actually has a student population higher than, almost as high as the high school I went to. 800 and, I, 800 and some kids. And you see, that is probably about twice the size of the t- uh, t- 
town that I went to high school in is probably about uh, three quarters the size of the town that I live in now. So, well, I, I often kid. There's a county here in Virginia. It's called Bland, B-L-A-N-D County. Boring. And, and it's uh, it has it's one of the few counties in the state or the country. I can't remember what it is that has no incorporated towns within the county no you know nothing that's it's just the county and the entire school population of this county it's a pretty good sized county uh is 600 and some odd kids and that's every grade from kindergarten to high school (laughs) okay that's wild yeah it's it, it, it it is really strange but uh hey you know things happen and and you know some counties i mean because it was actually broken off from another county if i remember reading correctly but i liked the idea of it because it was rural and out in the middle of nowhere so to speak so uh but anyway well folks we've been going at it for almost an hour and 20 minutes and i think we've ruined enough of your day so far between our singing and our ramblings so i think we'll kind of call it quits and wrap it up here mike you want to let everybody know where they can find out more about you yeah, um, you know, I uh, tweet, and the, today I kind of went on a, a Twitter fest, for me anyway. Um, but if you want to uh, see what I tweet, I'm on uh, Twitter at DSC Chipman. And I have an about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak, that's M-C-P-E-E-K. And if you want to pop over and listen to the other podcasts that I do, uh, that can be found at scifitechtalk.com. Yeah, um, I just listened to, what was the episode, The State of... State of Sci-Fi Tech. That's it, yes. I was trying kinda, to remember. We kind of looked at, you know, we read all the science fiction, and, you know, our, our angle is, is the tech and science fiction, and we kind of decided, hey, let's look at what some of the tech that we've seen in different stories and has it come to, uh, you know, come to be, or, you know, it, is it in the early stages, or, you know, um, and what do we think we might see down the road? So it was just kind of an exploration of what's gone from fantasy to reality. Yeah, it, it, I enjoyed it. That was a good episode. I did enjoy that. You and Jeff and Julie did a good job on that one, so uh, go over and have a listen, people. If you wanted to find out more about uh, me, you can always catch me on Twitter, although I'm not there quite as much. I take spurts and spats. Um, only because I've been working so much, but it's twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A, or you can go over to my about.me page at uh, about.me slash Kevin Alder. Uh, you can always go over and check out our show at geekiestshowever.com. You can leave us comments, notes, or send an email to us. Uh, there's, a, there's a form right there on the webpage unless it got moved and I don't know it, uh, or some uh, uh, reviews in iTunes would be great. So we appreciate you staying with us and hanging out while Mike and I rambled on. Hope you enjoyed what we talked about and geeked out about. So that'll be it for this week, uh, and hopefully Mark will be joining us soon for the infamous and ever-promised three, uh, three-way show that we've talked about. So between now and then, and probably between now and next week, please don't forget to hug a geek. Are you into video games? Well, check out one of the many club podcasts here on the Stoplight Network. There's Club Nintendo, Club PlayStation, Club Xbox, and Club Steam. Whether you love Mario, love Halo, love Crash Bandicoot, or just love some good old-fashioned PC gaming, make sure to check out one of the many club podcasts here on the Stoplight Network. 
These shows are weekly shows where we'll catch up on what we're playing, what uh, new stories are on that platform this week, and much, much more, all revolving around the wonderful world of video games. So check out Club Nintendo, Club PlayStation, Club Xbox, and Club Steam right here on the Stoplight Network. Uh-huh.